The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King, Cameron Colley and Alec Doughty. And welcome along to another episode of The Boys of Tech. This one happens to be episode 127 and happens to be on the morning of Monday, the 1st of August, 2011. My name is Edwin Herman, and joining me on the panel this week, we have, first of all, Brett King. Welcome along, Brett. Howdy. And how are you this fine morning? Ah, uh, pretty good. Great. And also joining us on the panel this week is Cameron Colley from Drinkle.com. Welcome along, Cam. Hey, how's it going? Very good. How was your week? Good. Very good. No complaints? No, no complaints. All good. That's the best week to have, isn't it? One without complaints. It is. And also from Drinkle.com, we have Alec Doughty joining us. Welcome along, Alec. Hey, how you doing? I'm great. And how was your week? Fantastic. Your week was fantastic? Or just all right? Oh, if it's fantastic, he's got to explain now. Yeah, now you have to explain. What what was fantastic? it was a sarcastic fantastic. Oh, was it? Oh, I thought, well, you know, I, you, you were telling me you, you bought an iPad. Was it, is this a recent purchase or is this a while oh, ago? Oh, no, it's an, it's an old, old, old iPad. An iPad 1? A Gen 1, yeah. A Gen 1. Why'd you, you do that? Why would you buy an inferior product of an inferior product? Oh, here we go. Good question. Good Impulse buy. Well, look, I must say, I must say. Uh, and, and, no, but hang on, Brett should explain what the, what tablet there is to get because well, I, I, that, I don't really see any true, other tablets around. Yeah, that's true, Brett. What would you get? Oh, there are many others. Really? Yeah. Then why based then on why, Windows 7? Why are they selling, <laughs> Brett? Why, why is no one buying them? They are selling. People are buying them. Oh, that's right. They sold two, I think. No, they sold more than that. Put your fanboy hat away, Edward. They have like six <laughs> percent of the market. Do yeah. they? Do they really? <laughs> they do. It's yeah. It's ninety three percent to six. Yeah, they have. Uh, after after the Apple iPad, Windows tablets have the next biggest slice, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that is how much of that six percent is it? What five percent? Four? No, about six percent. Oh, the next one, one is. Then there's one percent to everyone else. Oh, I see. So it goes ninety three six, and then everyone else one. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can see Brett's point. What? <laughs> the same thing happened with the iPod, that, which is why iPod is synonymous with MP3 player. If yeah, you ask still somebody if they've got an MP3 player, they've still got 75% they of the market. Got an iPod, even if they don't have an iPod. But they've still got 75% of the market, though. Yes. I think the iPhone is different, though. The iPhone, uh, the iPhone is, is quite a different story. Indeed, it only has sort of 30% of the market. Roundabout, yeah. Mm. Ish. Ish, yep. That sort of ballpark. But yeah, anyway, moving on from iPads and iPhones <laughs> and iPods and which one's best and which Hello. one isn't. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's kick off the show. In fact, our first story is, in fact, about Apple. So good reason to do that little banter at the beginning. This is about fake st- Apple stores. Just a very quick mention, though. Uh, la- I think, was it last week or the week before? We talked about some fake Apple stores uh, showing up in China. I think five of them were found. Not all of them had fake Apple goods, but a, a couple of them did. And they were, they were shut down by the Chinese authorities. Well, apparently, stores have been found in other countries. 
Yeah, this is great. I like the yes. fact that even in China, it was only the fake Apple stores with fake Apple products that were shut down. The fake well, Apple stores the with real stores products were left. Because they, they got away with the whole claim of they're selling actual Apple products. So the displays and the branding and everything is appropriate for well, the no, selling but have they, have they Are they licensing the, uh, the, the branding off Apple? Probably not. Like no, they care about that not. in China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then China's why would they care? Legislation but, doesn't have anything to do with that sort of stuff. But isn't I might be putting words in your mouth, Alec? But isn't Alex's point that why would they care then? Why would the authorities care about the fake Apple uh, products if they they should care just as much about the fake Apple branding? <laughs> that, Not necessarily, that, because that, there's alluding. probably reseller. Yeah, there's probably reseller agreements in place. Yeah. So first thing they'll do is they'll go right, shut down all the fake stuff, as in the fake products. Just get rid of that. Then they'll do a really nice, polite cease and desist letter to the stores saying, hey, do you mind not uh, It's our you know, name. Do you mind not decorating the store in the exact same way that we've done it? Because after all, these are they're, they're, they're a proper Apple reseller, so they are selling. Are they? Are they? Have we established yeah, that? Or are they getting their, yeah, their stock that's from? Yeah, what they're, they're saying is they're, get it, they're actual selling actual proper Apple channels. products. Oh, so, oh, so there's oh, other... Yeah, but right. That's the point. They, they might be selling real Apple products, but they might not be getting them through... Proper authorized distribution channels. I didn't get that from any of off, the stories. They could be off off the back of a Foxconn truck. <laughs> no, I, they've got everything though. I, I think they are a legit store. They just yeah. shouldn't. To they just brand it as an Apple store. Lic- mm. Just so you reckon there's a they're licensed Apple resellers. They were just being a bit cheeky. Correct. Well, that's not so bad, I suppose, is it? Yeah, and you don't know. I mean, maybe they don't have the reseller. Set up in China, maybe you just—it's like any old thing. You just turn around to the to your local Apple Depot, buy a whole pile of stuff, and resell it. I'm not maybe. sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Anyway, everything works differently in China when you go but, with those. Yeah, but these things are turned up in Burma, Croatia, Colombia, Slovenia, Spain, and Venezuela. Apparently, there are these what they call fake Apple stores or questionable stores. Not sure yeah. yet whether they're selling fake goods or whether these are like the ones we just talked about, which are legit ones just with the, the branding that's not authorised. Yeah, and there, there wasn't really all that much detail in the, the article I read either. It was it was just, hey, this this American blogger living in China that, that found the Chinese fake stores has been hearing reports about uh, from other countries saying, yes, we've got fake ones too. Don't think you're special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you never know whether or not those are actually fake stores or non-licensed stores or whether or not it's just people going, oh, it must be a fake store because it's got somebody else's name somewhere in it. And it's not exactly. fully Apple. Yeah. Whereas you get lots of reseller stores where it's a different company that, owns the store but they are an official licensed reseller so it's branded in everything in the product but the name of the store will be different yeah so like next there's a, there's a, a next what bike store in Brisbane for a fake store yeah so this actually could be could be nothing of any concern really could be <laughs> so we completely possibly just have no story to talk about for the first one but it was interesting. definitely maybe panic kind of well, I like it. I like I it. Like, I like how the uh, – in the picture, though, that accompanies the article we're looking at on The Guardian, it yeah, shows the, uh, the the store employee giving the finger. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a photographer taking a photo of the store, mm. and you're right, Pete. You have something to say. It's a bit better because there's a photographer taking a photo of the photographer taking a photo of the store. Well, yeah, yeah. you're right because, yeah, <laughs> that's right. A photographer taking a photo 
of a photographer taking a photo of a store with a store clerk giving the fingers to these... And that store clerk is giving an unlicensed Apple gesture. I'm pretty sure Steve did not <laughs> that. Possibly. They're, they're, they're I, thought, like, I thought that was a joke. The fake too, because that sort of set up. That, no, oh, the photo could be fake. No, that's not a, an Apple gesture anyway. It's a George Bush gesture, isn't it? No, the, the, no people have been giving the, the finger look before. That's the new that. single, single finger swipe. <laughs> it's a new gesture. Oh, right. Okay, it's opposed to Windows uh, three uh, finger no. salute. Sorry, no, the photographer just said, how many iPads do you have left? The guy said, I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> really politely telling him through the glass, I have one. Uh, that's right. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that's not quite what the gesture is, but hey, it's, it's plausible. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the stories of fair concern, really, is a, a ruling by a British court. And let me just boil it right down. Really what this is saying is that headlines of stories are considered a separate literary work, and therefore, if you're linking to stories and as part of you know as part of the link, you're displaying the headline, you could be in breach of copyright. What but are you reckon? Only, only liable to, to to pay a licensing fee if you yourself are actually making money off it. Yeah, but guess who sets <laughs> the licensing fee? Exactly. So I mean, it could, could be quite expensive. It could be a thousand dollars a link, yeah. or more. It could be ten thousand. No, this this will break the internet. It's it's completely ridiculous. Well, look, it <laughs> it is completely ridiculous. It's it's like now you will have the ripple on effects from this one judgment are humongous. You'll have all of these different online news sellers who will have their headline, and they'll all have to make sure that their headlines are grossly different from each other, because if they're too close, then they can claim copyright infringement Look, against ways, you. Derivative work. How many yeah, ways can you say you will, recession eases? I mean, how many ways, ways can you say that? Precisely. Yeah. You can't do that. It I know. Is it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Absolutely. And yep. people, you know, referencing, you're referencing somebody's headline, boom, you, you're liable to a copyright infringement. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I think it's a silly ruling, but I mean, I can understand. Next, it'll, it'll this... ripple on to the titles of books. You'll no longer be able to yeah, say, exactly. you it's know, the same reference the, the work of Angels and Demons or The Da Vinci Code or say any of those because those would be copyright works and yeah. Which is, which is kind of funny to use those examples because didn't The Da Vinci Code rip off someone else's book? Ah, well, if you boil it down to it, all books were yeah, off other books. <laughs> but yeah, Cameron, you're right. The, the Da Vinci Code is accused of, of actually uh, plagiarism, borrowing yeah. from an actual non-fiction yeah. like research. Yeah, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, I believe it was called. Yeah. 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 So the, and they just built a drama story around it. and Yeah. Know, interesting. And added Tom Hanks. Mm. Well, for a the bit movie. of Tom Hanks magic. Well, they... The movie guys did. I don't yeah, know Tom what Hanks movie. wasn't in the book, was he? Yeah, no. he wasn't in the book. No, <laughs> I'm sh- I'm sure that's who Dan Brown had in mind for the role. Mm. <laughs> oh, he couldn't have because he, the guy in the book, does some pretty physical stuff, and we know that Tom hasn't done physical stuff for quite some time. He's now the the more intellectual ever? actor. Yeah. Well, he did some physical stuff in Saving Private Ryan, running and shooting. I saw him yeah. in Big the other day. Yeah, that's I used to love it. <laughs> and he. He jumped until, around trampoline. Yeah, yeah. He should have made a guest appearance on Hey Dad. Nah. <laughs> All your worlds would have come together at once, wouldn't they? <laughs> uh, everyone else is going like, what's Hey Dad? In fact, anyone outside of Australia or New Zealand have absolutely no, no idea what Hey Dad no, is. Most people in no, Australia say who's correct. What, what, what's Hey Dad? Maybe From no one ever watched it. 
Yeah, nobody except there's, you. There's that show title. Yeah. What's Hey Dad? But, but then, <laughs> yeah, what's Hey Dad? Anybody who's listened to our podcast is intimately aware of what Hey Dad is. Oh, simply because I've been bleating on about it. Because you've bleated on about it so many times. I should get royalty There's not a single listener who cannot say that they don't know what Hey Dad is. Oh, I missed that show. All right, now I want to move on and talk about the paywall that the Fox Network put up. I was just going to say, while we're about to talk about Fox, I just want to say that Rupert Rebnock has released a statement saying he was really touched by some of the uh, voicemail messages left on Amy Winehouse's phone. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Oh, that, that. oh yeah. Thank you. Well thank you. done. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here a week. <laughs> uh, that, that was delayed laughter on my part, I must admit. The wheels are going rather slowly. but That's all right. For a second, I thought, hang on a second. Did I say that right? Did they? Did that come across okay? <laughs> no, it just, right. I was a bit slow. That's okay. Uh, very good. I like it. Now can we talk about Fox? Yeah. Fox has put up a paywall and is sticking a bunch of content behind it. Looks a little bit like a backwards move to me. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's another example of people are taking advantage of a medium and putting stuff out there available for free and then going, oh, we're not making any money off of this. Let's um, put it all behind something that means that nobody can get access to it anymore unless they pay us money. And some Changing will. Stuff some and will. That's gonna, oh, yeah, some but, will. But not that's, many. Not many. Net, yeah. net effect of this, it'll it'll push people back to torrents. Yeah, it will. Yeah. It yeah, will do nothing a, to, to increase Fox's revenues. It will drive people back to torrenting. Yep. In fact, there were, well, two things. One, some people just won't be bothered anymore, and some, yes, I agree, will go to torrents, and there'll be a the minority, a very small minority, and this is we've seen this before, will actually pay up, pay pay yeah. the fee. But, but it's there's small... also the the loophole that they've put in for themselves. They, you know, they've shot themselves in the foot twice. So what they do right now is they put this the shows online the next day for people to view free. So now they're going to be putting it behind these these paywalls, these subscription services. So if you want to get access to it that day after, you need to pay the subscription to get access to it. But if you just wait for a week, it's going to come available through the regular medium anyway. So you yeah, can just yeah. be a, a, you know, a week behind and watch it online. Or you could just DVR it in the first place. But is there well, any yeah, mention? You could actually. Is there any mention here of how much they're charging? Because no. if they're char- if they're charging like, you know, just for the next day playback or something, if they're only charging like two bucks a month or five bucks a month. That's probably most not so bad. most of the circumstances <clears throat> that that are described in the article is if you subscribe to a cable network that already has that stuff, you can log in through the cable network's website and and authenticate yourself that way. Or yeah. if you're already paying for Hulu Plus, for instance, you can get your you. Those those shows through Hulu Plus. Yeah, um, the, the the one satellite service they were talking about was the Dish Network. Yeah, subscription satellite service. It's the first one that they've actually made agreements with. But yeah, yeah so, so, yeah. so you can Idiot just wait move. a week and get it for free, or it's get it off a torrent or DVR it. But the thing it's, is, it's, look, as you said, you can wait an extra eight days, and then they will become available. So but then, the, the but then you have to be the, eight days behind for the whole thing because otherwise you'll 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 be out of sequence because they're they're aired weekly every seven mm. days. Yeah, so that's, you why won't made, be that's why they're made in eight days. Yeah, oh, you won't be able to saying. watch your last week's episode before 
this week's episode. So there's no way you can catch back up. Yeah, so I see you're what you're saying. Permanently behind. Hence DVR it in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> No, I, I can see what you're saying now. Uh, if you're way behind, look, put it this way, if you're way behind anyway and you just want to see them, I don't know, six weeks behind, then you might as well just watch them for free and it won't affect you because you'll always be at least eight days behind. Yeah, but, I think this is this is more yeah, to you can't catch up. the people who get all of their stuff over the internet, who watch all of the TV shows on the internet instead of actually having television. But th- this really only punishes the people that do the right thing. Yeah. So how how does this actually help Fox? I don't see it. No, I don't see it. They should leverage more of their online system. That's what they should do. They should, and it doesn't yeah. have to be uh, by charging. It can be by uh, advertisements, which is how a traditional television network currently gets its revenue yeah. from anyway. Obviously, they weren't making enough money because they did, it was ad-supported previously. The, the entire... Current. Justification for this this whole move was their fear that people are going to cord cut and get rid of their cable subscriptions and because uh, that's how they make a lot of money, isn't it? That's really that's where they where, make a mint. Oh yeah, the ad yeah, revenue yeah, yeah. for broadcast television is far superior to the yes, ad revenue that's, from that's online delivery. So look, yeah, just they, just switching hats for a minute. What would you do if you were Fox? Then if embrace the new world. Now, before it's too late. And how do you do yeah. that with by making enough coin? <laughs> this is their attempt. No, I'm not saying they've made the right move. I'm not, I'm not switching yeah. sides and saying, look, maybe they have done the right thing. I don't think it is the right thing, but I don't know what the right thing is. And I'm saying, well, if I was them, I really wouldn't know what to do either. Mm. Because they don't want, they, you're right, they don't want cord cutters because they make a mint from cable subscriptions. And if the online stuff isn't sustainable... Economically, that is. If it's not sustainable economically, you're not getting enough from the ad revenue from it, what do you do? I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't think any of us have the answer, really. In fact, that's why, that's why Fox is making this bad move, because no one knows what to do, Yeah, including them. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think HBO has a fairly good model with their HBO Go and, and that sort of stuff. So, I mean, other companies are doing innovative stuff. It's just... Fox, they're a bunch of idiots. I think so too, yeah. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> all right, so we've agreed that Fox are a bunch of idiots. Okay, right. Next and it story. comes <laughs> from the top all the way down. Who's at the top of Fox? <laughs> Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It is. Yep. <laughs> That's why I brought up Rupert Murdoch to begin with. Rupert Murdoch <clears throat> wants everybody to pay for everything <laughs> on the internet. Including headlines. I reckon his exactly. middle name is Paywall. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it is. Okay, let's move no, it's on. it's pay me. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Rupert, pay me Murdoch. Yep. Now, who posted this next story? It was at you, Cam, uh, about uh, I Apple. One, I think this one was me, yeah. App, yeah. yeah, so the, the headline is that Apple have more money than the US government. What? Well, this be, has to do with right. cash reserves. This has to do with cash reserves yep. and how much Surely. they need to. So Apple was $75.9 billion and the US government was $73.8 billion. Yeah. Yeah. In cash reserves, liquid cash, yeah. they but, can get uh, their hands on, dip their hand in the back of the couch and pull out. But that's not true because the US government can just print notes. Exactly. Yes, but they're not allowed to at the moment. They yeah, certainly are not allowed, allowed to at the moment. Hell no. Well, it wouldn't be a good idea. It would cause inflation, but... It would devalue their dollar even would. further. Yeah, you, you, no. yeah. How far can it go though? Yeah. So basically, uh, Zimbabwe it, went pretty far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. So basically, when it comes to money, money, who's got like when you know someone says how much money you got, 
Apple turn around and say, we've got this much. The US government says, we've only got this much. Apple wow. So, yeah. yeah. So, does that mean the, the, the Apple could buy out? Well, you can't really sell the government, but. No, it's just more. What's the, what the, what do they have access much- to? Oh, indeed. If, if, the, if, if they had to buy a really cool toy, Apple could buy more of them right now. Yeah. yeah. And if it was priced at $75.85 billion, then Apple could buy it and the US government couldn't. Correct. Exactly. For that toy. Yeah. Yeah. What would you get for that? What would you get for $75 billion? A really big light bulb. Or... <laughs> A an really island, a third world country. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, you get a pretty good one for that price. Uh, I don't know, really. Yeah, you get yes, Cuba. you definitely no. get one which has a minor infrastructure. Minor infrastructure. Actually, then, no, you're right. For seventy-five billion, no. you must be able to get billion, something. You're getting something. You're getting an island where they know how to make fire. You don't get much else out of that. Oh, there's not much. There's not much. That's not much of a gross domestic product. Seventy-five billion. That's that's pretty ordinary. So you're saying <laughs> they could buy New Zealand? Maybe Tasmania. I know, Tasmania, I know, they, they could, could, New Zealand, could, hey, who could, said that? Who said that? They could, they could buy New Zealand twice, I'm talking about a real <laughs> Okay, who, who do I, Brett, who, a real who do third I, world country. who do I a cut off, Brett? Okay, I think you cut both of them off and both. we'll just talk about Okay, we'll do that, that's, that's a plan. <laughs> cut the Australians off. In case, for the audience, who, in case you haven't worked this out, Cameron and Alec are from Australia and Brett and I are, are sitting here in New Zealand. We shouldn't mention the fact that the American government has already bought Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Touche. Yeah, nice. good call, good call. Oh, that's nasty. Yes, we'll do, we'll do anything you ask us to do. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. Hey, uh, Mr. America, just got to grab my ankles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is getting a little political, so I'm going to move Brace on. Hey, I'll tell you, but, but I tell you what. I, I, I tell <laughs> you what. Comes. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you what you could buy for $75 billion. We could buy the International Space Station because it's due to be finished in 2020. Which is well after its original due date. Exactly. It was only planned for 15 years originally. Yeah. And that was so, back in what, 1980? 98. Yep, oh, 98. 98. Oh, I thought it was way much earlier than that. Um, nope. There's a, um, there's a video, like a, it's like a little flash, uh, uh, I guess it's a player. And it shows you where, when you hit play, it shows you this is the original size of the space station. And it shows you as, as the years and the calendar moves across, how it grows and they've added to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's cool. It's, it's awesome. It, I'll have to try and find it. But it starts off the size of like a small car and then it becomes the size of what it is, which is just huge. And it awesome. is huge. And you it can becomes barely a shanty see, town. Yeah, you can, barely, you can barely see the original, what that, you know, the original <laughs> part of it. It's just kind of the original cars. sedan. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been covered with the, It's been lowered. It's had a. It's been lowered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tinted windows. It's got fins. And in the evenings, it goes. Exactly. Exactly. That is one vehicle that's got a stereo system that's out of this world. Now, what's going to happen in 2020 is not going to go to the car wreck because they're actually planning. In fact, the Russians are planning to sink it. It's going to land it, make it land in the Pacific Ocean, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So they're so going to try and miss Australia and New Zealand again. Yeah, and, and the other little the, islands. Yeah. yeah. So you could say you could say that's their 2020 vision. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, good one. Yeah. <laughs> their 2020 vision is to <laughs> dump the space station in the ocean. Now, look, I must admit, it's a good Why idea. 
Really? What? No, you don't want that's retarded. Don't have trash in the upper in the you know, orbiting the planet. No, that's you can't idea. leave it you up in the atmosphere. It's, no, it's generally it's it's become that. space Why junk. Why do we keep dumping trash in our oceans? It'll it'll become space it'll junk take up our there, and we won't be able to leave our own atmosphere at 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 some point. It's only There'll be so much oh, junk got, up I, there. I understand. We that. should just get rid of the other stuff. Put some other some more rockets on it and blast it somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't it just stay there? It's like some sort of moving. Um, yeah, but you have to keep re- right, re- readjusting your no, no, orbit. No, 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 no. Look, on Earth, we keep stuff like, I don't know, the first person that's discovered New Zealand, when he built a house, they keep that. You know what I mean? They, they, they look after it in some historical society. Why can't the International Space Station be our first ever? Because it's really, really expensive to maintain it up there. And every time it gets hit by a yeah, little piece true. of space junk, more space junk comes off of it. And eventually the whole thing is going to fall apart because it's constantly going lower and lower in orbit. And it'll eventually hit us anyway. Its orbit is is constantly decaying. Yeah, Yeah. you you have to readjust it all the time and that costs money. So that's Mm. why you can't leave it there. So the question is, do you blast it away or do you bring it back to Earth? And of course, the only way to do that really is to, to crash it into the ocean. Or into the yeah, middle and of the hope desert that somewhere. it doesn't break up, and because this thing is significantly bigger than Mia was, yeah. And Mia had some dodgy moments during its descent, where they were pondering whether or not it was going to hit some islands. Mia was just a mere mini, exactly compared to this ginormous yeah. thing, which is visible like a, like with a the bus. naked eye. Is it bigger than Sea Lab or Skylab or whatever it was in the eighties? Oh yeah, yeah. It's Skylab pretty big, eh? Like, Skylab is only like the size of like a 44-gallon drum. Yeah. I'm but it's, sure. it's going to become C-Lab. The Skylab. C-Lab, you're thinking of C-Lab 2020, which is a TV show that has nothing to do with reality. <laughs> I, I know, but, but the new space station, once it's under the water, or the old space station, when it's under no. the water, will become Well, no, C-Lab. it's not going to be anything like that because it's no. going to be torn up and crumbled to Exactly. It's a huge area. What? So you're trying to say just because a car drives into the ocean doesn't make it a submarine. It's just, <laughs> it's just a car in the ocean. Exactly. <laughs> And okay. Oh, and by the, the way, space I'm, station is designed <laughs> to keep pressure in, not keep pressure <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, no. Once it hits the ocean, it's a big pile of trash. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's the International Space Station. Bray, I'll let you take the next story. This is about the Australian Federation Against Copyright Theft, or a fact. Good acronym, isn't it? <laughs> a, a They're all called something fact to make it sound, you know, I guess sexy to people out there. What what they really are is they're a representative group that represents certain film and TV studios and music industry and that sort of thing to stop Uh, copyright. They're Hollywood muscle is what they are. Exactly. Say what it is. It's not – yeah, they're not really representing Australian films because we don't make any. Um, (laughs) They're all made here in Wellington. And they're basically – yeah, correct. And so it's basically – sorry, multinational is really – Everywhere but here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. Well, what, <laughs> what they've been doing is because of the new federal legislation and the laws in New South Wales, specifically in this, uh, regarding disconnecting or finding, notifying and disconnecting copyright infringers, finger quotes, using Australian ISPs, AFACT have been making contact with different ISPs. And one of those ISPs, Exitel, actually sent the letter that they had been sent from AFACT to a whole heap of journalists as well as other staff members in Exitel. And 
in it a factor saying, you know, sending a spreadsheet saying this is an example of the sort of copyright infringement that is going on by people using your network. Well, we would like to talk with you about making your network more friendly for us to pass through copyright infringement notices and uh, work with you to contact and stop these infringers by using multiple means, including the possibility of some sort of automated notification system, oh, which I automatically see. sends out infringement notices. So that's what AFACT have been doing. And the, what is it, the CEO of Exitel sent yeah. back a pretty quick response, which the, basically said, we go jump. and uh, we're not going to play ball with you because you're not. <laughs> Stop trying to bully us. Oh, well, now that's an interesting twist. Yeah, they, they basically, the CEO basically came back and say, show us the law that says we have to do what you want us to do. It doesn't exist. What's basically sparked AFACT pursuing this campaign of contacting all, all of the ISPs is an early judgment that they were awarded in relation to their IINET lawsuit over BitTorrent. And IINET are basically saying, no, we shouldn't have to like police this thing. We send the notice out to them and it's up to them then. But if you want to pursue them, you pursue them. Yeah, so but, the ISPs will mm. comply with sending out notices, right? Because yeah. they know who their subscribers are, but they don't yeah. want to be the, the police, as you the said. The police, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they shouldn't, and they shouldn't have to No, be. absolutely. <laughs> it's just like the postal system, you know? It's the, you know, if, if there's an investigation, the police or customs, depending on the, the nature of the inquiry, will do will do the investigation or will, will notify the, 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 yeah. the postal system. It won't be the postal system that, that try to solve crimes themselves. Mm. They'll, they'll be, exactly. you know, if they're told yeah. to, to intercept a parcel or to, to open yep. something up, they'll hand it they'll straight do it. over or, to the federal to, police. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Apart from, of course, the, the, the random checks that they might do anyway, sniffer dogs. But that's, again, actually not, not the postal system anyway. Yeah. No. So it just, just, ha- just ha- happens to be at the premises. But Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So what's, what's going to be the upshot of this? I don't think there is an upshot. So really, they'll, they'll be told to go away and. Uh, I guess uh, it'll go back to the way it was. Or well, nothing well, will it, change. I mean, you know, obviously. I, I, there, there might be one or two or half a dozen ISPs that comply with this and go into discussions with AFACT, but the majority of them, I think, will see it as too high of an administrative overhead burden on themselves to, to police this sort of stuff. Yeah. Which is, is there no incentive? They don't have to. So yeah, is there the, no incentive for there the... There is no, no obligation no, to no, do it. Well, they no, should have made... They cost, should... It costs them money to do it because they've got to have staff to actually do it. So AFACT is not willing to pay, is, is no. what you said. They haven't offered an incentive. No. Well, that's not really going to work, is it? Yeah. They're relying on the IINET lawsuit and the early judgments there. To scare the ISPs? As, as, exactly. As a sort of Damocles, as, as a scare tactic against all of the other ISPs. And they're trying it out first on small companies. They haven't exactly. tried it on the, the big ISPs in Australia yet. Yeah, on, on small, small ISPs like Exitel and Internode and those sorts of ones. They, they haven't approached uh, Big Pond or... Telstra or Optus. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about some browsers. Yeah, so they've I done a this study. Was just a bit of bit of fun. Yeah, well, they've done a study, haven't they, on the IQ of users and browsers? How how does this work? What's the well, apparently the uh, IQ of Internet Explorer users is lower than average 
Um, You're joking. So, Is that right? Now, now, let's be correct. It's the users of older <laughs> versions of Internet Explorer. True, true, true. Oh, version right. Version 5 okay. and 6 oh, Internet it? Explorer users considerably um, lower in the- Under par. Yeah. Like, yeah in, <laughs> well, in the IQ department. So who's yeah, the, the high? I want to know who the highest is. The article Opera. actually says they're retarded, Opera. but I'm, I'm not sure. Opera. <laughs> Opera users. Opera. Opera users. So does that yeah. mean if I switch to Opera, my IQ goes up? Yeah, it does. It, it's not. No, causing, it I'll means just be that dragging if the bar you switch to your opera, <laughs> yeah. your IQ is higher. If yeah. you are if you're already to using opera, opera. <laughs> exactly. If you're already using opera because you found it yourself, discovered it yourself, that it is a much better browser, Woo. then you have a higher intelligence. Okay. Anyone here using opera? Yep. Yes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right, so these, those are the two intelligent ones. Cam, where are we left out, aren't we? What are you using, Cam? Uh, IE5. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. You're oh, on the yeah. Mac. That, that, that Mac just so you can run IE5, aren't you? Exactly, yes. I'm, I'm running wine <laughs> on my Mac just so <laughs> I can run IE5. Yeah. I remember IE5 In when I was VMware 9. VMware instance. <laughs> yeah, well, you could do it there. Well, you, you, I take it you're running Safari. No, I use uh, Chrome. Chrome. Okay, one step down Safari. from Safari then. I'm one up on you then. But Safari is a terrible browser. It is not. Hey, you look, you'll be missing Safari out. They've added, they've added reading list and you're missing out. I've just got the latest. Okay. Came out what last, in the week just been. Really? Reading list and also resume. So if you shut down your, your browser and you start up again, the, the tabs start up in the same oh, position. really? Joel, that's just welcome. Two Gee. years old technology. Yeah, I know, I know. But hey. The, look, let's talk about had that in 1998. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And do you, do you know what? Firefox has it as well, I think, and it, it really bugs me. I hate it. And uh, I've, at least with Safari, you can turn it on or off. I, th- I think you can with the others as well, actually. You can. Good. Yeah. I just haven't well, found I, it. You can set it. its default behavior. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mine only does it if I happen to crash. Yeah. So something goes wrong and I've got to quickly. Like, oh, yes. Like, you know, that's good. Yeah. I quickly shut down my browser. It goes, hey, by the way. And it gives you the option when it's starting up. By the way, did you want to start these ones again, or you oh, just now? That's n- is that Chrome that you're that's talking Chrome. about? Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, Chrome's a lovely browser. I like it. Yeah, it's, it is good actually. I never really got into. Yeah, I must Safari. admit, I'm actually starting to like it now, and I'm, I'm actually sort of sw- finding myself switching between Safari and Chrome. Yeah, I but, just have fun. There's no plugins for Safari, and it's it's okay, but it's just it's just not great. That's it's got. I tell you what, the one thing that Safari has over any other browser is the developer tools. That is just absolutely fantastic. Okay. If you ever, yeah. if you right click inside, you try it now if you want. Right click and go inspect element. I oh, know you Chrome have to, has that. Yeah, but it's oh, not yeah, as good. And can you change has CSS on the fly and edit the code on the fly and look at where the the CSS has been derived from, which which uh, settings and which can, CSS you files. You can yeah. do all of that in Chrome. Yeah, but hmm. you need add-ons. No, you don't. Oh, no, no, no. It's you sure? Right no, it's native. Right, I'm gonna, I'll check it out. Opera I'll, has it as well, native. Yeah. Opera were the first ones to have it. Okay, mm. I will check that out after the show and report back next week. How's that? No one cares. <laughs> yep, no, right. no, we're that would you be that great. Now. You have to do that now. Oh, well, you now I've committed myself to No, look, it, that's it, fine. All right, so I'm, I'm obviously a little bit behind because I'm a, a, a Safari user. As so, an aside, I have tested out IE9 just for curiosity's sake, and I basically gave up on it after about half an hour because the way it actually downloads files, it actually renames files so that if, if you're downloading something with, say, a .exe extension, it actually renamed it so it's underscore .exe, so you can't actually run it. 
directly from the browser. Oh, now that's going to be a pain for... Yeah, for, but it has the unfortunate habit of actually changing the file itself. What do you mean changing it's, the file itself? It, it changes the actual underlying structure of the file in some... So you mean it, so it's a binary file and it downloads as, a, as an ASCII file sort of thing? Or so kind, kind of. can't actually run. You, you don't usually notice it, but sometimes it corrupts executables. And for instance, sometimes if you download a legitimate torrent file, the torrent file won't actually load up. It's invalid, even after you rename it to .torrent. Oh, I have not had those issues. And I've used you, IE9 hmm? before yeah, as well, no. and I've not had any issues Is this a documented that. bug, or have we... Has this been reported? I've heard more, more than one person has actually experienced it. My dad experienced it as well. Wow. Maybe it's the way you're setting up your computers. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but that's, that's, no, that's really not good if, if that's a bug in IE. No. It, should, no, yeah. it should never tamper with your data. It should, no, no, exactly. yeah, it should never yeah. tamper with the data no, no. that it's downloading. No. I mean, and Even it, if it's trying to do something I, securely, it should be... I, I know why it's doing it. Users. It's doing it to protect those inexperienced users who... <laughs> Would download an executable off, off a, a site infected with malware or whatever, so that to protect that user, it, it won't be able that file won't be able to run straight away. You have to modify it again and change its file name to be able to run it. So mm-hmm. it's it's a security feature that I put in air quotes there, which has just had the the, the net effect of completely balking Internet Explorer. I've just, yeah, not had, not experienced those problems. Interesting. Do you like IE9, Brett? Um, it's much nicer than the previous versions. I'll, I'll give you that. A lot it of is. work to make it a lot more user-friendly. It's more yeah. compliant. A lot oh, it, much yeah. more compliant. The rendering is just yeah. far superior to any previous IE. Oh, yeah. and that's a, But it still doesn't pass the Acid <laughs> Test 3, though, does it? The only two browsers that do, I believe, are Chrome and Safari. Firefox doesn't even pass that Acid 3 test. Mm. And IE 9, I believe, when I last checked, was still a little way off. It's much better. Agreed. It's much better than any other IE in terms of compliance. Well, they're actually but selling they're, it as, as it having the highest actual adherence to standards of any browser, not just any v- version of IE, but any mm. browser. Well, I'm going to rerun that test then because oh, yeah, they've, standards they've been, compliance. Yeah, they've been very strict with the, yeah, yeah. It, it is standards because compliant. Because I, I was sure I tested. That's separate or, you know, IE only or running any of that sort of stuff. I was sure I tested IE9 against acid 3 unless it was 8 and I'm f- not remembering correctly. Maybe it was but I'm gonna, re- Yeah, could actually, it could well have been. It was a while ago now, so it yeah, could well, well have been. It almost certainly was because it hasn't been out that long. I'll retest it and, and see. Or, in fact, has anyone – who's got IE9 right now? I do. Tell you what, let's do this live on the show. We'll I, want hear, I want to hear Brett's intelligence drop as he opens up the breath. <laughs> 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 Brett, you're going to go to the uh, Acid Test 3 URL. For our listeners who want to do the same thing, it's acid3.acidtests.org. Now, just plug that into your, type that into the address bar of your browser, on any browser for that matter, and watch what happens. You kind of got to understand what you expect to see, but just in short, you should see a series of objects change color and sort of a little image build itself, and there should be a counter that reaches 100. So, Brett, you're going to test this out, and the counter is a good indication as to how far it got. Oh. It says 95. 
Yes. Oh, that's 97. See, I'm Safari and I've got to 100. And you see all the colours. You see red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet or no, whatever it is. I've got, I got no colours at all. I got red, orange, <laughs> yellow, green, grey, violet. Yeah, see, no, so, you, so what are you using, Cam? Chrome. I've got no colours. Have got you got no the latest Chrome? Because I tested Chrome and it got to 100. Hmm. You sure you're on the latest? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I tend to be pretty big on that sort of thing. I'm going to test Opera. Yeah. I just fired up Firefox and Firefox gets to 97. Yeah, Firefox yeah, was I, close. I, I yeah. always knew that. Yeah, but from when I last tested them, Safari and Chrome were the only two that reached 100 with the correct colors. Woo! Opera, 100. Yeah. Opera, Opera oh, maybe it was Opera I tested. It was no, can't, no, it wasn't Opera. Really, was it the fastest? Yeah. Now, is Opera Way based on... Fastest. Opera is has is blisteringly fast at a lot of rendering. Yeah. It's one of its... It is. It, Beautiful. It's won a lot of rendering races. But um, is Opera basically... Is that a, is that a Mozilla-based engine or is that something... No, it's, it's their, their own. own. No, it's, it's, it's their own engine. Their own, yeah. yeah. So they've come out and just said, we're completely independent and this is what we've done. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... I've never used it, that's all. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm, no, Opera existed before Firefox. Yeah. Opera's okay. been around for ages. It's just been that niche one. And Op- it was a painful one at one point. Was Opera was the first browser to have tabs. Yep. Ah. I also, I also heard that they began the revolution. Ubuntu has changed over to uh, Opera as their default browser, as yeah, opposed, to, as opposed Firefox. to Firefox, where they have for years. Awesome. Hmm. I might not give it a go. So, just going back to Chrome, Cam, you said it reached only 95. Chrome did. did. No, 97 with no colors. I don't know what you guys are talking about with colors. Chrome got to 97? I'm doing it again. And there's a a line running through at 97, and it just stops. So, I don't know what the go is. That's interesting, because I definitely ran Chrome. It wasn't Opera, because I don't have Opera. But it was Chrome that I ran, and it got to 100. I wonder if you're on the latest. Can you do a check for updates for us? Yeah, no, I just did, nope, did just a Chrome and, and it hit 100. No, mine says Chrome is now up to date. Mind you, I haven't like uh, rebooted my computer in about a month, so that might have something to do with it. Yeah, maybe something's sticking in there. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so IE9 is still not quite there, uh, so I don't quite know how they claim it's the, the most standards compliant because this acid test 3 is, uh, is a, it's, it's not comprehensive, but it is a very, very rigorous test, and there's all sorts of little jiggery-pokery tricks to trip up browsers. Uh, that's kind of the idea of it. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, and that's pretty much the international section of the show, but don't go away, because right after this, I want to give you an update about Hell Pizzas being bad citizens. Don't go away. Welcome back, and we want to talk about Hell Pizzas because a little bit of background very quickly. Uh, Hell Pizzas had pledged a certain amount to donate to Kids Can, which is a child cancer charity as part of Telethon. And this is actually going back a few years now, but this has just come out in the media recently in the, in the last couple of weeks. So they paid half the money. Uh, the remainder that was outstanding was never paid. Uh, Kids Can obviously were, were rather unhappy about that because they were counting on that money that was pledged, that was promised. And we talked about this on the show last week. Well, in the week just been, it was announced uh, by Domino's that they've stepped in and stumped up the the, re- the remaining ten thousand dollars that Hell hadn't paid. So, so good on you, Domino's, for for stepping in and uh, making the best of a, a bad situation. 
Uh, as for hell, though, there's been a few stories out. I think uh, Cam and Brett, you were saying that you were seeing stories of, of hell being in trouble or something. Do they need a doll to like to show us where hell touched you? <laughs> no, they were being investigated by the serious fraud office. I've seen a, a new story on that. Yeah, As well, opposed no, that, to the not so serious fraud office. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which is there for people who have just sort of funny walks. Yeah. But really don't have a limp, have no reason to do it. Yep. But actually the, the serious fraud op- office uh, story – that was actually that was some weeks ago now, and in fact, mm. when this whole thing came out about not paying the charity, that story itself broke last week, and we reported on it. And that was about how on Twitter, Hal came out with this really really lame excuse as to as to why, and they were they were saying, "Please wait, and we'll have a statement out in the next few days." It's like I'm sorry, in the social media space, a few days is too late. You've lost. Yes. You, you're yes. gone. And there's people sort of tweeting about boycotting hell and stuff like that. It's honestly, it was too late. When you're on the social media and you're engaging mm-hmm. with people, you have to do it then. And in yeah. fact, it's a week later now and they still haven't come out with their statement. They're saying, oh, yes, we'll, we'll explain everything shortly. It's like, lame. no, lame, lame, like lame. Murdoch. Lame. Yes, exactly. If you're going to use social media, use it properly. And that's what this story is about. And as part of this, on Twitter, Hal had a bit of a dig at the uh, the story about the serious fraud office claiming that uh, it was full of inaccuracies because it was written by the same uh, journalist who broke the story about Hal not paying the charity. So the, the serious fraud office story isn't, uh, isn't new. So they said go to hell. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they pretty much did say that. So... I don't know where this is heading, but I, you know, you'll get your money when hell freezes over. Sorry, <laughs> there's a lot of I know. Oh man, it's just oh, there's a ton of material. Too easy, isn't it? Just, but yes, uh, the, I think the lesson here that I'm trying to get across is with social media. If you're gonna engage with people on social media, be it Twitter, be it Facebook, whatever, <laughs> now is when it counts. Email, <laughs> email. What's that? The original social media. Yes. <laughs> IRC. Well, actually, that was after email, wasn't it? Email was first. <laughs> yes, you're Late right. I think writing articles for journals. Not that I'd call email social media, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to a shindig. That's the original social media. Yes. Would you call it media, though? Or was that just being well, social? Yeah, because there was that's music like, and dancing. And yeah, singing. but that's like saying, that's like saying there's smokes. The smoke signals were the original Twitter. I mean, well, they were. <laughs> Everybody could see what you were currently doing. You can just, just imagine some chief going, hang on a second. Cooking pig. Oh, hang on a second. Running Bear just had elk. <laughs> yes. Oh, very good. Look, I'm going to end the show there. I want to thank Brett King for joining us on the panel this week. Not a problem, man. It's been a fun show, as it always is when we're all here. Thank you very much, Cam, as well, from Drinkle.com. No problem at all. And Alec, also from Drinkle.com, thank you just as much. Always fun. And that was a fantastic show. That concludes episode 127. I hope it was fun for you as it was for us. We're out of here. See you next week for episode 128, 2 to the Power of 8. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
you've alienated our Chinese listener. Boys and Pink is now blocked in China. We're up there on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, yeah. All right, that's what we wanted. Do you realise there's one billion people that can't download our podcast? Damn. Do you know there's more than one billion that actually already don't? (laughs) All right, moving along. All right, now I want to move on and talk about the uh, the paywall that the Fox Network have been put up. Have been put up. What English is that? Gooder English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably is actually. All right, welcome back. It's uh, I was going to say it's ten minutes past nine. I was going to do my radio thing. It's ten past nine. You're listening to Mixy FM. It's not not like that at all. 